This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. What's good, everybody? Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Andrew Patterson with you along with the CTO, Michael Remus, back at the Winnipeg Sports Talk Control Center. Big show today and some good, good news for sports fans in the province of Manitoba with the updated health restrictions coming up just a couple hours ago and uh, certainly great news for the sports industry. And I think um, most of us uh, here today on Winnipeg Sports Talk, whether you're listening on the podcast or with us live on YouTube, welcome to the program. For those of you on podcast on Apple Pods, if you would be so kind, um, give us a five-star rating, prop in a little review, certainly helps us grow the channel. Tell a friend about Winnipeg Sports Talk. And for everyone on YouTube, welcome as always. Hit the like button. Make sure you're subscribed and uh, joining us daily. Um, big shout out to our sponsors, Royal Sports, Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Little Brown Jug, Breezy Bend, Not Autocorp, PolicyMe.com, Boston Pizza, Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge, Assiniboia Downs, and CoolBet.com. Let's get Michael Remus in here. We've got a big show today. Darren Bombing is going to join us. It's been a while. We haven't had DB on yet. DB is fired up for CFL season. He has an exciting project coming very soon. We'll talk about that, his thoughts on the upcoming season, as well as what today's restrictions mean for entities like the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the Canadian Football League. And of course, the big news yesterday, we saw the Senate vote live on Winnipeg Sports Talk yesterday as it happened. Bill C-218 has been passed. Single game wagering is coming to Canada. What does that mean for sports bettors? We'll find out from Paul Burns, the president and CEO of the Canadian Gaming Association, a little bit later on. Remo, let's go. Saturday, we are back. Uh, not entirely back, but a lot more back than we've been for the last month plus as we've uh, gone through all these restrictions. Great news, I think, for Manitobans individually, but phenomenal news for the sports and entertainment industry as we look to get people back in venues to see the entertainment that they've been missing for the last year and a half. I'm yeah, I'm feeling really good today. This is an awesome, uh, awesome day and uh, great news for Manitobans and hopefully it keeps uh, getting better as we go on. Um, I am getting my uh, side note. I'm getting my second shot today. So after the show, so we'll see how I feel tomorrow. But uh, <laughs> but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So uh, great news. You know, you're gonna be able to go on patios, stores, increasing capacity. You know, I've been wanting to go to a couple places, just n- not having wanted to uh, wait in line. Um, you know, the, they said large scale outdoor sporting events. And I think that's what we're most looking forward to. Like, you know, i.e. the Bombers or the Gold Eyes, if they were to come back to Winnipeg, you can go to those providing they scan your VAX card. So I think more details are going to come on that. But uh, I think things are opening up. I've already called my friends. We've got uh, we've got plans already. Twelve oh one. Huge rager, huge party this weekend. I've, I'm coining the term for the summer hus uh, post va- you know post pandemic wasted. I'm re- <laughs> everyone's going to be wanting to party and get post pandemic wasted. So. I don't know if we're I don't know if we're post pandemic yet. Not um, yet. People Not yet. may be behaving that way, we're but close. you know what? Listen, if you get your both your shots, I think we'll be able to get back to normal relatively soon. I want to give a shout out to everyone with us. Ah, DQ Nick. Has made an appearance in the chat. What's going on, Nick? Looking forward to a blizzard. Maybe, maybe even an ultimate grill burger later on. Um, Brown Eye Girl MGDs here with us. Rob Mahoney, Taylor, the sweetheart of the WST chat. 
And I, I got to give a shout out to Samuel 22. We'll get to the Habs in a minute. But Samuel came in here originally mixing it up at the beginning of the Habs Jet series. And uh, Sam's still here with us every day. So, Sam, listen, I know a lot of people can't believe it. I'm one of them. Uh, it feels like 93 all over again. But credit to you for hanging with us here daily on Winnipeg Sports Talk. And uh, credit to the Habs for a big win. We will get to that coming up in just a minute. But let's focus on right now, Reem, on these restrictions um, as far as what, what we need to know. We'll focus on the sports in just a second. Here's the very simple ones coming uh, as of midnight on Saturday. Public outdoor gatherings up to 25 people. Retail businesses open to 25% or 250. Things like, well, our friends, shout out to Jeremy and Hunter and Gunn and all the folks in the hair and nail salons, estheticians, all hairstylists. They can work at 50% or an appointment basis. And I've been waiting to get back to the bars. I will be the first one to admit that. Restaurant and bars are opening at 25% capacity for indoors, 50% for outdoors. And um, for indoor dining right now, you're supposed to be from the same hold hold unless everyone is fully immunized. And that is one of the really interesting things. And I know it's somewhat controversial, I guess, to some, not me. Uh, but you know, there are definitely benefits to having your vaccine. And, uh, the biggest part of that is when it comes to sports. And I'm just going to read these tweets from Scott Billick, large scale outdoor professional sports or performing arts events may also allow fully immunized Manitobans to attend subject to approval by Manitoba public health. Now, Remo, what's wild about that is like, there's, I don't see any limit. I mean, does that mean if there's 33,000 double vaxxed with cards bomber fans they can all attend the game on the 5th of august i i don't think that that's out of the question right now i'm expecting no um but again that dream of having a full house for the banjo bowl with the way we're going with vaccinations right now i think is a real reality and um you know the other thing for fully immunized uh, manitobans which will be announced in july will be increasing capacity for fully immunized people at weddings funerals faith-based other gatherings based on continued vaccination rates. So listen, I think everyone's known that it's very important. This is the path that we're going to get through. Uh, it's been amazing to see how many Manitobans have taken up the uh, uh, the opportunity to get the vaccine. And, uh, and I think that's a big reason why we've seen the positivity rate plummet, um, the numbers go down and get us to this point where we're at. Um, but man, when it comes to the sports industry, Reem, I mean, the suffering has been, has been brutal. I mean, the losses for the Winnipeg Jets last season, I can't even imagine what they'll be. Obviously, the Canadian Football League was up against it, didn't play last season. And then you've got entities like the Winnipeg Gold Eyes, the Cinnaboy Downs, um, you know, and then we get into the hockey season. We don't know exactly about the indoor events, so I think still we'll wait to find out about the ice and the Wheat Kings and the Winnipeg Jets. But in the short-term, Remo, it does look like we are going to be able to get back out cheering our teams on I think maybe sooner than a lot of people expected, considering where we've been for the last month. Yeah, I think they wanted to do these uh, opening of restrictions July 1, but because everyone's been doing such a great job at getting their shots, they're able to do it earlier. And I'm curious how it's going to work. I said they're going to have an app where you scan people's uh, vaccine QR code. Uh, I think more. I think they're going to have more information on that, maybe indoor gatherings, but yet 10 people outdoor. I'm looking forward to... Um, I got a, a text group with my softball team. We want to get see if we can get some games in at some point. I think, I think that uh, you know, there's a whole laundry list of things that are changed. So I think outdoor sporting activities, 
I think has increased. And um, I'm hoping September I can play September, October, I can play indoor hockey provided, you know, it seems like you can do stuff indoors in the future provided everyone has their vaccine. And I don't know if they're going to be scanning it or you have to submit it. Um, I mean, we'll wait and see how that goes. And as you know, but the one thing we were focused on is outdoor large scale sporting events like the CFL, like the Bombers. And I agree. It seems like we're on the path to having a, a you know, f- you know, fuller house uh, more quickly than expected. All right. Um, yeah. And, and listen, I mean, I think it's great news. Um, you know, the fact that it came a little earlier, I think, was very welcome. You know, usually when there's any announcements, I mean, people jump on and this isn't a political statement. Everyone's got their things. But I mean, let's face it, there have been some serious whipping boys through all of this um, consistently. But the fact of the matter is that even the most ardent lockdown hardos on Twitter, I think, are somewhat with this right now. I think it shows that, you know, we've done a great job as a province to get to get the vaccine. The vaccine uptake has been great and it's given us uh, the opportunity to get the cases down and to hopefully get back to some semblance of a fun, safe summer uh, and hopefully move into the fall and winter with all of this mm-hmm. behind us. Um, I can tell you, I, I did some calling around this morning on a couple of the things, and we'll find out more on the Bombers. Um, obviously, we've got some time. We'll talk about this with Darren Bombing, see if he's got any intel on it coming up in just a couple minutes. Um, the Gold Eyes, of course, are playing in Tennessee right now. And I can tell you, I mean, right now, early in June uh, and July, I mean, I usually would have been to 15 games so far. I mean, it's something I do when if they're at home, albeit, you know, as many games as I can get to. Uh, I've been missing that as much as anything this summer. I wasn't sure whether the Gold Eyes had done a deal, whether they'd have to stay in Tennessee for the entire season. That is not the case. Now, the key thing for the Gold Eyes, because of the league that they play in, is the border. Um, and I believe July 21st is the next day that the things could be changed with the border. Um there also needs to be clarity as to, I believe, vaccines. I mean, if you're letting the Americans in, are they vaccinated? Will that work? So there's some things to, to, to be. But if you're a Goldeye fan, the bottom line is that depending on what happens with the border and some of the rules, there is the potential that we could have the fish back playing at Shaw Park at some point this summer. And that would be phenomenal. And as far as the Cinnaboy Downs goes, I think it's highly likely that in the very near future, there will be a limited capacity for live racing. I'm not sure what that is. They'll make some announcements coming up in the days and weeks to come. Uh, but I do know that when that is allowed, Remo, you've had so much fun betting on these races every night. We're going to do it live and in person and hopefully be able to get, albeit a limited group, uh, but bring some of our Winnipeg Sports Talk gang with us uh, to kick things off, get back out to the track for one of our first get-togethers. And needless to say, when we're allowed to fill up a Boston Pizza Lounge with some schooners and some pizzas, we'll be doing exactly that as well. I'm so fired up. Uh, I'm so, you know, when we started doing the stuff with the downs, I was really nervous. I'm like, I don't know anything about horse racing. How am I going to bet? I have never been more all in on horse racing. I was watching <laughs> last night uh, on my phone, actually. And I had this, uh, I had this exact bet and the horse I had picked to get second, like wouldn't get in the gate. And I was like, oh, I bet on that horse. That can't be good. I was like debating, canceling it. And, um, Anyway, the horse got scratched, so I canceled my bet and rebet, and I won that ten dollars exacta. So I, I won again last night. So I'm I'm up on horse racing. So uh, I don't know. I guess if I you, took if you bet I my took, picks yesterday, you wouldn't have won because that horse got scratched. But you got to pay attention. You got to watch the races. 
I love the fact that Remo is now, you know, giving Kirk, Stretch, and Marshall a run for their money with his incredible beginner handicapping skills. The only yeah. good thing is, having doing this every single night, we now recognize the horses. We remember yeah. where they finished, and we certainly, I think, got some more work. Anyways, we'll get to those picks a little bit later on. So great news. Restrictions lifted. Change is coming. Uh, some reopening is coming. And most importantly, for those of us talking sports here on WST, there's going to be some asses in seats at games coming up this summer here in Winnipeg and Manitoba for the Bombers. Hopefully a return of the Gold Eyes, a Cinnaboya Downs. So let's get going. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, I, I'll just say from personal experience, I got the second shot on the weekend, was sort of lethargic, pretty tired on Monday. Back at it yesterday, felt great. And um, now I'm very excited to get through this two weeks and I'll be able to get my card and do all these things. So if you are, if you've been procrastinating, if you're wondering, oh, well, should I do it? Um, if you're a sports fan, I think what we've heard today gives you many more reasons to, um, you know, to make the plunge, get that second shot, get with the program, if you will. And um, let's uh, let's get back to doing the things that we love to do. And that's cheering on our teams here in Winnipeg. Um, Darren Baum is going to come up in a few minutes. We'll get to DB. Remo, let's talk about this. I know Samuel has been pumped up. He's ready for the France game this afternoon, too. I'm so angry. I'm so, I, you know, credit to me for being as composed as we were when we began the show because two minutes before that, my Sweden Poland tie went up in flames on a goal with three minutes into extra time. Big win for the Swedes. Spain smashed Slovakia. I think it was five nothing. Uh, but great games this afternoon. You've got Portugal and France, Germany and Hungary finishing up the group of death. So some great action in the Euro. Uh, but man, Remo, I still can't get over. Samuel 22's Montreal Canadiens doing it again last night. I got to tell you, there's been some games where you wonder how the heck the Montreal Canadiens did it. If you watch that game last night, you weren't saying the same thing. I mean, that was a masterpiece by this club. And to be honest with you, we gave Dominic Ducharme so much credit for the way he was coaching this team. They looked pretty damn good with uh, they looked pretty damn good with Luke Richardson on the bench. The Montreal Canadiens are one game away from the Stanley Cup final. Wrap your head around that. And I was thinking about this last night. Um, if you're a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, how are you feeling right now? Are you feeling better because your team lost to, you know, the eventual, uh, well, there's no conferences, but eventually Stanley Cup finalist? Or are you feeling terrible because you were up 3-1 and your chance at the final uh, slipped away? If you're a Jets fan... Are you feeling better about being swept and how terrible you looked against the Apostles? They haven't made it to the final yet, but if the Canadians do make the final, does it make you feel better? Because I know the Jets lost in 2019 to the Blues, and I think the fact that they lost to the Stanley Cup, you know, the, the champion that season, maybe you do feel a bit better, although that Game 5 I still haven't forgotten and never will. But um, yeah, well, game five was game five. That was a heck of a game. The game it was six. the game six that yeah. everyone has forgotten. It was essentially forgot. erased from their mind and is just thought yeah. of as a five game series. But for the <laughs> it was a best of five for the Jets. I mean, I think the Jets had their own issues. They looked absolutely terrible in that series. But I think it makes you look at getting swept by Montreal a bit differently because look, it is the Montreal. It really is the nobody believed in us team. If there ever was one and still this season and still. And still, I mean, B.A. said in chat, uh, B.A. said in chat that he bet on Vegas to win as a live bet on the series because they're down 3-2. But, I mean, nobody had, I think nobody had them beating the Jets. Nobody had them beating the Leafs. 
And I thought, okay, for sure, I'll give them, maybe they'll win a couple games against Vegas, but to be up 3-2 and to have a chance taking the series home to go to the final, this is unbelievable. So uh, full credit to Montreal. I think we're going to start giving Montreal more credit than saying the Jets' forwards didn't show up. Toronto's forwards didn't show up. Vegas's forwards because they figure a way to shut down all these high-powered yeah. offenses. It's <laughs> at some it point. Again. At some point, we got to say. And what's amazing to see too from Montreal is these young kids, uh, Suzuki and Caulfield, um, uh, do what doing what they're doing for this team. And maybe you know it sends a message around the league to hey, give these young guys a shot, put them in positions to succeed, and uh, good things will happen. Well, hell, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, for the first couple games of the Toronto series, Kakaniemi and Caulfield weren't even in the lineup. Yeah. (laughs) And then they started winning once they put them in. Well, exactly. And (laughs) I don't know if you saw yesterday, uh, Kakaniemi is in some of the most exclusive company in NHL history with nine goals in his first, I believe he has nine goals in his first 25 playoff games um, at his age. And there was three other guys that were in. Lemieux was one of them. I believe Gretzky was the other one of them. And another Hall of Famer. So, um, listen, it's all coming together for the Habs. I said this on Sportsnet 960 with the guys I do the the shows with there in the afternoon. That, you know, about three weeks ago, it sort of feels like 93 again. The guys were all over. Oh, I'm going to win one game. It does. It absolutely does. There's something magical going on with the Montreal Canadiens and we'll see if they can get this uh, extra win, the fourth win, toughest one to get against Vegas at home on St. John Baptiste day on Thursday night. And then, um, you know, if they make it to the Stanley cup final against likely the Tampa Bay lightning, but the Islanders will have something to say about that. Uh, it, you know, it will be incredible. We will talk about Celine Dion being branded a traitor by the Montreal Gazette later on today. That was an interesting sort of thing that fell out. But uh, we're going to talk about these restrictions, upcoming CFL season, and some exciting stuff coming down the pipe from our pal Darren Bombing in just a second. Before we do that, I want to tell you about our friends at Policy Me. Um, you know, with all the excitement going forward, we still need to be cognizant of what the COVID era has done and how precious life is and how quickly things can change. And that's a big reason why if you have a partner, children, aging parents, or any loved one that depends on you for financial support, odds are that you need life insurance. Uh, but why not find out for yourself? Policy Me has created a personal life insurance coverage calculator that offers an honest assessment of if you need life insurance or not. Keyword honest. 24% of users receive a recommendation that at this point they do not need life insurance and why buy it if you don't need it? But if you do need it, the calculator provides instant coverage, a recommended tailor-made for your needs. Uh, you can just give it a try. Five minutes can mean the difference between your family being able to pay their day-to-day expenses versus dealing with a huge financial burden if something were to happen to you. And it's incredibly simple, it's fast, and it's easy. No awkward in-person meetings. I mean, really, it's a easy, straightforward process. It takes about 15 minutes through an easy-to-understand application. You get an instant decision to see if you're approved for coverage instantly. Most people don't require a medical exam, and on average, rates are 20 to 20% lower than other insurers in Canada. What are you waiting for? Get the peace of mind and the security for you and your family, and do it through PolicyMe, PolicyMe.com. And when they ask where you heard about us, Tell them you heard it on the podcast, and if you can specify Winnipeg Sports Talk, do that as well. Uh, big shout out to Royal Sports. Went out for another round yesterday at the old disc golf course, really getting into it. Great rehab for me, what I've been going through, but really a hell of a lot of fun. Um, I tweeted out yesterday on, I think I put it on my Instagram, a little 
picture of the incredible setup at Royal Sports with all the discs and the bags. I mean, I kind of went in there, took 20 minutes, picked out a few, and I uh, was out chucking them with some friends uh, half an hour later. Um, Royal Sports, obviously, they'll set you up for disc golf. They got great selection of bikes, some new e-bikes in, very uh, reasonably priced mountain bikes, an expanded fitness section, all the great Euro gear right now, as well as your favorite merchandise from around the world of professional sports. And, of course, all the stars on both the Euro teams and their club teams from the world of soccer. Pop down. We're getting back to normal. We're getting back to summer. Started off at Royal Sports. And if you want to talk about something that is goes hand-in-hand hand with summer, it's ice cream. It's a delicious blizzard. It's a DQ ice cream cake. And it's our pal Nick and Nikki from the Nick and Nikki DQ. With us in the chat earlier, popping in to say hi to the gang. Um, man, it's been great having them on board. And I got to tell you, I've been hearing a lot about this Mint Girl Guide cookie blizzard. I still have a hard time not getting the drumstick blizzard. Um, and we've heard rumors of the return of the Kit Kat blizzard as well. Um, if you are having an event, though, now that you know gatherings are coming back, hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. Get a delicious DQ ice cream cake for the event. And pop by and grab one of the uh, their amazing burgers as well. Nick and Nicky DQ, DQ Northgate, DQ Niverville, Polo Park, and St. Anne's. Big thanks for their support. All right, let's welcome in, for the first time, it's been too long, the man himself, our good friend, Darren Bombing, DB, longtime Blue Bomber reporter for... Uh, our old home on Pemina Highway, and it's got some exciting stuff coming down the pipe in time for the upcoming CFL season. DB, welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk for the first time. I have to commend you right off. You got one hell of a setup there behind you. Very well done. I appreciate it, Hots. You know, I've been looking forward to joining you guys on WST for a long time now. Uh, I watch as often as I can. Of course, my hands are pretty full right now with football right around the corner. I don't know if you can see it on my face. Maybe it's the wild flow I got going to. I need a haircut extremely badly. Great look. Great the, the look. News, the news today, uh, you know, hopefully I can call up my guy and get some shears through this mane soon. Uh, Remo was already chirping me that I'm stealing Sean Reynolds' headband look. <laughs> oh, the chat's lit, lit up right now with headband but I, comments. <laughs> but I reminded him, and I'll remind everybody out there too, Ezra Ginsberg, our good bud Ezzy from Illegal Curve, there's photos of us in college together in 2007. I'm wearing this exact headband at a house party there. Uh, things were lit, and uh, I'm feeling lit right now. Now too, uh, you know, kind of uh, evoking my inner Chris Streveler with excitement and fervor as we go into a 2021 season. Looking forward to it, but but happy to be joining you. I've uh, been looking forward to talking some ball with you. Well, this is great. As I say, your backdrop, the set is absolutely elite. Um, I love the helmets in the back. It gets me ready for CFL football. And we'll talk a little bit more about what that set will be used for because I know you've got some real exciting things coming down the pipe. But listen, yeah. before we talk about the upcoming season, before we even talk about the Bombers Ticats on the 5th of August, let's talk about this news today from uh, Daddy Dr. Rusin, who um, <laughs> delivered some pretty darn good news. And listen, I think it's deserved. I think, you know, we were ready for this considering the vaccine uptake. Uh, but man, as a sports fan, never mind being in the business, I mean, as someone that just wants to get out to games, just great news today that it does seem like we are now fully going in the right direction. We've got some clarity on what will and will not be open in the short term. Um, but for fans, we're going to get some of our lives back, be able to see people do some things again outside. 
But Darren, from a sports perspective, both from a fans and team perspective, I don't think we could have had better news today from the provincial government. We know how critical it is for the Canadian Football League and really for even just people's mood and psyche to be able to gather and enjoy sports how it's meant to be enjoyed. And that's with conversation and camaraderie and friendship and being with the people that you enjoy taking those games in with. I think, you know, I'm among many, no doubt, that have been watching Saskatchewan and they're, you know, chirpy. Premier Brad Wall already throwing barbs at the Blue Bombers in the Grey Cup. Um, But, you know, he's been talking about how well Saskatchewan's been doing, um, you know, how effective their vaccination has been and uh, opening things up for a great Saskatchewan summer, I believe, is is their counterpart to Manitoba's 4-3-2, one great summer. So uh, they expect to have capacity crowd as they always have at Mosaic Field for their kickoff to the season on August 6th. Here in Winnipeg, August 5th, a Grey Cup rematch. You couldn't ask for a better matchup for game one uh, with all the anticipation of 20 months between hoisting that cup and the confetti falling at McMahon Stadium in Calgary to there being fans in the stands and real football on the field at IG Field uh, on uh, on August uh, 5th. Um, but we know this league needs fans in the stands. That's how the business machine churns and that's how everybody's able to get paid. And it's how the business is able to survive. So whether it's full capacity, whether it's partial capacity here in Manitoba and at IG field for August 5th, whatever it is uh, it's good to have football back and very positive indications and signs moving through the summer and into the fall for this Shortened season, albeit, but 14 games, pretty good. A regular playoff format as well. And then a Grey Cup, I don't care if it's on New Year's Eve in <laughs> Tuck Tuck Tuck. I'll take December 5th in, in Hamilton uh, for the 108th. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, it, it's good. And what <clears throat> the thing that the thing that kind of a, a little bit surprised me, although I was very pleased, I mean, I think that. Anything that we can do, like, listen, whatever, if people don't want to get the vaccine, they'll deal with that. We, as a group, I mean, it's pretty clear, we need to get, well, 75% and 25%. That was the first threshold. We need to continue going forward. What was interesting, Darren, and I'm just going to read this tweet out to you as well. I don't know if you have any more information on it. This is from Billick today. Large-scale outdoor professional sports or performing arts events may also allow fully immunized Manitobans to to attend subject to approval by public health. I don't hear any qualifier on number of people at these games. Um, You know, I think I was certainly thinking, well, it'll be 25%. It'll be 50%. Um, You want to talk about a nice boost to maybe some fans that have been on the fence or whatever. I mean, get your vaccine, get your card. You're good to go to these events. I mean, I think that can only be a positive for continuing to get to these numbers and from a team perspective, um, that's probably, you know, news. That, that's exactly what they wanted to hear because they can bring their fans in. They can do it hopefully safely. They don't have that concern. There may, listen, in any of these situations, there are going to be people that are pissed off. But the vast majority that are on board that want to move in this direction, it sounds like they're going to be able to do that. I'll take pissed off people over, you know, passed away people or sick people or a crowded hospital any day. Uh, You're never going to make everybody happy. That's a reality in anything at the best of times. Uh, But we got football on the field. That's the good news. 
it was good news today. I don't think they wanted to sully things too much. You're right. You know, the information Scott Billick put out, check him out on Twitter at Scott Billick. He's done a phenomenal job through, you know, you could almost say the years now, you know, nearly two years that he's been on that beat covering uh, it daily and, and doing a really great job at it. Um, you know, he has everything there you need to know. Um, if you got to be double vaxxed, well, if you want to go to a football game, you have time now to get your first shot, wait the period of time to get your second, and then two weeks after that, you'll get your card and be fully vaccinated. I don't think they want to solidify anything at this point, whether it's saving face with good news today or whether it's that they just don't know. There's a lot of footballs up in the air. There's a lot of baseballs up in the air, pucks up in the air, hmm. frisbee for disc golf, whatever you're doing for public gatherings. Um, all those things are still up in the air, and there's so many moving pieces. You know, conversations I have with people inside uh, the Blue Bombers organization, other organizations in the Canadian Football League. It's kind of wait and see. It's work day by day. And it's from the business people to the marketing, to the tickets, to uh, security and logistics inside the stadium, safety protocols beyond COVID health, the fire department, all of those things. Um, and then football ops, making sure that the athletes are safe and healthy. And all those things with a 20-month layoff between football games uh, and even more for those players that didn't play in the playoffs in 2019. So much happening. It's a bit of a, you know, a headache, uh, probably a crippling migraine for a lot of these people every single day and kind of trying to iron things out, put out the fires that they can plan and look forward uh, for the logistics of, of pulling this off in the future. But um, it's definitely a positive sign that they're not saying, well, we don't know. They're leaving the door open. And I think if we continue to make this positive progress and stay on that good trajectory we are publicly um, in regards to our health and, and COVID-19, uh, I think possibilities are, are limitless right well, now of what we could see in, in, in July and well, I should say August and September. Yeah. And, and, and who knows, even before that four things, potentially like the gold eyes, again, the border is the key thing with the gold eyes. I mean, the CFL is very different because once yeah. people get here, they'll be traveling domestically and you, you won't have that issue with the border. Um, and instead of wood downs, the same sort of thing. I mean, at some point we're going to be able to get to the track and Listen, I just think this is a great thing. The bottom line is, it looks like if you get your shots, uh, you wait your two weeks, you get your card, you're going to be able to be taking in the things that you love doing, and and that certainly is a great thing for uh, for you know for Winnipeg, for Manitoba, for the Bombers, the CFL, and everybody involved. Darren Bombing with us here on the program. Um, listen, last Monday was the big news that the CFL unanimous vote going ahead. I know you've been spending a lot of time talking to people in and around the league. Um. Are people talking more about the football product and looking ahead to next season or more of the things that we've been talking about just getting back and getting their operations back to anywhere close to where they were? Lots of new staff, lots of moving parts and faces. And of course, you know, the incredible challenges on the business side of figuring how many tickets can they sell, where will they sell them and how that will all work. Um, I imagine it depends on what your job is, but I guess the answer to that is both <laughs> because there's so much work to do on both sides. Well, it is both, no doubt. You know, one foot in front of the other. You got to get everything straightened away before you can have the fun stuff. But that's a great carrot to have on the end of the stick to play real football games, to gather, to to have thousands of fans in the stands. In talking to people, you know, we've been talking about COVID nineteen for too long now. You know, it's necessary without question. But people want to talk about football. They want to talk about the new faces and the new names and new places. 
the Bombers defending a championship, the Hamilton Tiger Cats being the Vegas favorites right now, the betting favorites, uh, you know, going into this season uh, and how strong they look once again. Um, legalized betting and, and Bill, I believe it was 218, but the legalized betting bill uh, and decriminalizing that and that opening things up as far as individual event betting and all of that. I know you're, um, you know, at the forefront of that hustler and a great source of information for people that kind of want to dip their toes into that. The implications that has on a somewhat financially strapped league in the Canadian football league. And something you talked about last week with the news of the CFL coming back. I'm with you 100%. It could be a rebirth of the Canadian football league right now because Absence makes the heart grow fonder and how long it's been since we've had, we've been able to talk about Zach Kolaris and Andrew Harris and this physical violent blue bombers offensive line and this athletic talented Willie Jefferson, Jackson, Jeffcoat, uh, Adam Big Hill defensive front and playing games, the matchups, the, the odds, the, those key storylines, the keys to the game, all of those things that I know I'm already looking forward to talking about it could be a real renaissance for the Canadian football league and for people who've been restrained to their homes, restrained to our borders of both Manitoba and Canada to really take a bite out of Canadiana and enjoy the juices of it. If I can be well, really listen, colorful. Yeah. I, I mean, the, and enjoying Canadian football. You're right. And uh, listen, I mean, I think there's a lot of people that, you know, maybe they've been to a game or two over the course of their life, maybe not even at IGF that would be blown away by, you know, how, and I'll just speak to Winnipeg. I mean, I have been to a bunch of the other Canadian football league, but I mean, I, I really think that, you know, Winnipeg and Saskatchewan, the beautiful stadiums, the fan bases, I mean, the experience is great. Uh, there's tons yep. of people that have just never even given it a try. And, and especially with this news today about the fact that it is in some ways a perk for people getting their vaccinations. There'll be, I think so many people like, like hardcore bomber fans that are going to do whatever they have to do to get into the building. But I I'm hoping, and I do expect that there'll be a ton of people, maybe not a ton, but there'll be a significant amount of people that have not really given the CFL a chance that will be, you know what? Yeah, I'm vaccinated. And there's a lot of people doing this. Like, let's go check this out. We've done nothing for two years. And then hopefully go and maybe say, you know what? This is great. I'm coming back. I, I worry about it less in Winnipeg and Saskatchewan than I do in some of the other markets that we know are in a worse situation than we are here on the prairies. But the bottom line is, I think there's a great opportunity for the Canadian Football League to maybe reintroduce themselves on a whole, but also to some new people and maybe turn those people into fans. And, you know, you combine that with the potential windfall of single game wagering coming in, what the leagues and the teams will be able to do individually with partners in their markets. And I think there is reason to think that there could be, you know, a pretty good rebound for this league. But all that being said, it's going to take a lot of forward progress to make up for the losses and everything that this league has been through over the course of the last year and a half. No, certainly. The, the league has lost between 60 and $80 million since that Grey Cup game uh, in November of 2019. It's going to be a benefit for the entire league. No question about that. But here in Winnipeg, Hustler, let's talk about the Blue Bombers of two years ago, prior to the Grey Cup win, and the Blue Bombers today. There's no doubt in my mind, and I got people outside of Winnipeg agreeing with me, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are now firmly the flagship franchise of the CFL. They're a winner. 
They have a beautiful new stadium. They have continuity. Uh, and frankly, they have a fan base here that I think is not just rejuvenated by the time away from the game, but rejuvenated by a 29-year drought ended. I expect, when permitted, IG Field is not going to be getting 27, 29,000 fans. I expect them to be capacity. I really do. And not just the Banjo Bowl, but game one against Hamilton, if permitted, those games late in the year, people know they have a winner. People want to see a winner. And it does take time. People aren't immediately going to go, wow, okay, the Bombers are second place in the West. And, you know, they they traded for Zach Kolaris. They got to go win two games on the road to get to the Grey Cup. Mm, maybe hmm. they've let us down before winning the great cup changed everything. I it changed I absolutely everything. And here's the funny thing from, and this, I, I know this drove Wade Miller crazy. I mean, he even did from it drive me nuts just as someone that wants to see this league and the team be successful is they get to the top of the mountain. We have the greatest parade ever, a big party. Everyone goes their separate ways. And, and, you know, then it's time to look ahead to next season and run it back. And then all of this happens. And, you know, we're now in a spot that, you know, they come back. It, 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 it's it's different. I mean, it's not just like, you know, you're starting the next season. But at the same time, um, everything you just said is absolutely true. I mean, the Great Cup is still here in Winnipeg. We haven't raised the banner yet. We'll do that in a full house at some point, hopefully on the Banjo Bowl, so all the Ryder fans can see it go up in the, up in the stadium. Um, but then moving forward from that, I mean, you know, you have that sort of positive momentum. You have more people that, you know, have the ability to come to games and hopefully will feel comfortable doing so with the vaccine. And you put it into, a, you know, into a great spot that hopefully is not just here in Winnipeg, but we see replicated throughout. As far as football goes, though, DB, we've seen a number of retirements over the past little bit. And this is not unexpected. Um, I think a lot of players were... And with some of this has to do with bonuses and contracts and whatnot. I mean, they've been put in a terrible situation. And, you know, if you've been a veteran and you've been playing in this league for a few years, you know, you got a family, you were put into a situation where you had to go and figure out a way to put food on the table because it wasn't coming from your football team and it wasn't coming from the Canadian Football League. And, you know, with how short these careers are and how quickly they can end, uh, it's not surprising that there's a number of players that, you know, have been forced into moving to another area of their life that while they could come back and play, it doesn't make sense to leave what they were doing. And, um, you know, we're seeing, we're kind of hearing more and more day. I think it'll probably impact the Bombers less, it seems. Um, but even still, there will be some significant changes here in Winnipeg, including maybe the most reliable combination we had, Chad Rempel long snapping, for Justin Medlock kicks. So the one thing that I will say this, maybe less so here in Winnipeg, but when we kick off this season on the 5th of August and get into week one and week two, it's going to look significantly different, especially for some of the teams that didn't do so well. And I'll tell you what, if veterans don't want to show up, no worries because there's two classes of NCAA players looking for opportunities to play football. And I think I said this last week in a conversation with somebody, it was Justin Dunk. I wouldn't at all be surprised if six, seven weeks into the Canadian Football League season, we're looking at the league leaders in a number of statistical categories, and there could be a number of players that we don't even know who they are today that will be significant contributors in the league going forward. It will be a different football landscape. 
It's going to be a science experiment. Marshall Ferguson, uh, Canadian football perspective, mentioned that to me uh, when I joined him on air uh, earlier this week. Uh, we don't know what we're going to get. As far as the veteran players and those that might be having sleepless nights right now, mulling retirement, big news today with Brad Sinopoli, 33 years old, assumedly gas in the tank, um, and you know a two-time MOC in this league deciding to move on. He could have collected $160,000 in salary this year, prorated, uh, but he's decided to move on and do other things in his life. There's no doubt American and Canadian players that are in that same position. Winnipeg is in an optimal spot compared to other teams. Coaching continuity, player continuity, a lot of those veterans confirm that they are coming back, um, but it is going to be a science experiment. It goes beyond the players on the field. It's new coaching staffs, it's new schemes, it's you know, rest versus rust talking to blue bombers, head athletic therapist, Alan Couture today about that. And, and time off might serve some of those 30 year olds. Well, it might serve some of them unwell because you can't replicate taking hits. If you're Andrew Harris, you can't replicate running between the tackles. If, if you're a Adam big hill, you can't replicate going downhill and, and, and taking on a, a ball carrier and tackling them. So it's going to be interesting in those first few days of camp and then the early parts of the season, the health of these teams and really the power rankings. You know, we know some of the teams are going to be good. Winnipeg, Hamilton, I expect Saskatchewan to be strong, but there's other teams that are going to surprise. It's going to really going to be fascinating. Uh, you know, uh, once the gun goes DB, great to have you on the program. So let's get to it. Um, you, uh, it was the big news last week that the league was coming back and, uh, you, uh, very smartly let everyone know that not only is the CFL back, but more great CFL coverage from you and our good friend, Jeff Hamilton. Tell us about bonfire, the new project and uh, what's to come for CFL fans once we get going and uh, how you're delivering all the great content. Yeah, super jacked for this, and thanks, Hustler. Uh, Jeff Hamilton, good friend of mine, very good colleague, superb reporter, as your audience knows and we all know, covering not just the CFL, but uh, the entire world of sports from uh, his perch here in Winnipeg. Um, we balance each other well. I'm looking forward to getting some good debate and conversation going. Uh, I know we have great conversations on the phone at, or in person after Blue Bomber games, really disagreeing and agreeing and getting that conversation going. Uh, invite everybody to check out bonfiresports.ca. Our first show will be CFL 360. We want to cover the entire league from coast to coast, from a Winnipeg perspective, uh, but really the opportunities are, are boundless in this new medium uh, that is YouTube and live streaming and uh, providing great sports content for a very hungry fan base here in Winnipeg and beyond. Uh, really looking forward to it and, um, you know, kind of following your lead, uh, Hustler, with Winnipeg Sports Talk. You and Remo do a great job, um, you know, uh, looking forward to, to kind of joining the party. Uh, it's going to be a heck of a lot of fun as we, you know, return to the field here this summer yeah i'm seeing some people in the chat saying i already subscribed really excited for cfl 360 to be back michael capti subscribed um so yeah definitely check out the site and um check out the youtube channel for uh, popping out Do you have any idea i mean you're obviously going to be doing stuff on a weekly basis i mean have you guys figured out um when it's going to be how you'll wrap around games and whatnot i mean I i'm sure there's a lot that you're still trying to figure out a matter of just the ability to get it out because we know that there's a demand for this content out there darren no question there is. And, and the, you know, response immediately of the subscribers and, and follows on, on Instagram and, and Twitter have been uh, fantastic. You know, lots of hits on bonfiresports.ca uh, and um, you know, 
we're looking at previewing the games coming up. There's going to be some Thursday night games early in the season, but then it's going to be Friday and Saturday. So we're looking at having a weekly show uh, to look towards what to expect. Um, You know, Jeff and I are both extremely tuned in. I'm an X's and O's guy. He's a storylines guy. He's extremely connected. I know this game uh, better than any other in my mind. Um, And, you know, really just want to dive into the things people might not be talking about the conversation and debate uh, that's to come. And uh, yeah, looking at Wednesday nights, potentially uh, going into those games, but you're right. It's not just CFL 360 bonfire sports. I wanted to create an overarching umbrella that can bring people a lot of different things, double screen potential for during games, pregame, postgame shows from practice, from training camp, um, you know, pop-up shows like we've seen a lot of people do um, just to be able to give people what they want every single day and in a brand new medium and, and make it super easy and accessible. Well, good stuff. Don't screw it up. Actually, we're going to have uh, Hammer's going to come on on uh, Friday and uh, we'll hit a bunch of topics, but to get to get to it. Any idea when you're targeting for the uh, the first episode? Because, uh, you know, once training camps get going, there's going to be a lot of people salivating for all the news they can get. It's been a while, Darren. Absolutely. It's been a while. Wanted to ride the wave of excitement with that announcement last week and sending out our teaser video and launching bonfiresports.ca and and the uh, the YouTube channel. Uh, But we're really, really pushing to have a show for when training camp begins, because people don't know who's where and what's what in this league. Matt Nichols, Nick Arbuckle, like, are they the quarterback of Toronto? Ottawa, like there was that pseudo trade during the year. So many new things and and storylines to explore. Um, we really just want to get people excited, informed, and ready. If maybe you want to put a little sprinkle on a game once things get going in August. Yeah, and I can tell you, we'll certainly be hitting that on WST as well before we get going on the uh, on the all uh, season. Uh, DB, the first of many visits. Great to have you. All the best going forward, and uh, let's get ready for kickoff. LFG, as you like to say, Hustler. Let's go. Looking forward to it. Thanks for having me, man. Have a good one. There's Darren Bombing. Give him a follow on Twitter at Darren Bombing and check out Bonfire Sports for when he and Hammer fire up their CFL coverage for the season. And as I mentioned, uh, Jeff will join us on Friday's show. Um, and, you know, Thursday, we usually have one of Kenny or Rennie. Can tell you that Rennie, Sean Reynolds, will be joining us tomorrow. Looking forward to that. He'll be in Montreal getting ready for game six tomorrow. Can the Habs finish off the Vegas Golden Knights? We'll find out. We'll talk about it with Sean a little bit later on. Uh, great stuff with Darren. As I mentioned, we do have Paul Burns from the Canadian Gaming Association coming up to talk more about the uh, aftermath, what this means for you and me with single-game wagering being legalized in Canada and how things might be different for uh, Manitoban sports better to say an Ontarian sports better, as well as people around the country. So we've got that coming up in just a minute. Uh, do want to thank Not Autocorp for their great support of Winnipeg Sports Talk since day one. Why not get into the vehicle of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Not team? An incredible selection of vehicles, all makes and models, including the biggest selection of Teslas in Manitoba. And they do so much more than just sell cars. Incredible body shop, detailing, Red Seal technicians on site. And if you're looking to make a move from one vehicle to another, they've got a very successful consignment program to help get you max vehicle for your car. Why not get them at Waverly and McGilvery or online at not.ca. 
Um, shout out to our friends at Little Brown Jug. They are continuing to make summer better for all of us. And as we all know, summer's getting a lot better on Saturday when we'll be able to uh, maybe have a Little Brown Jug on a patio or in a restaurant. Now, if you've never been to Little Brown Jug on William, Remo and I went down there a couple months ago to grab some stuff and we started working with them. And what a great spot. Beautiful building. Uh, really cool to be able to see all the where the, the brewing happens and a great outdoor patio. So I imagine that will get going coming on the weekend. You can sit outside with some friends and enjoy Manitoba's best beer. Uh, as well as pick it up at some of the garden centers. Go to littlebrownjug.ca, check their events page. If you're out on the weekend, hit in the garden centers, find the one where Little Brown Jug is, and you can order and pick up right there. And, of course, they've got an incredibly successful home delivery service. For those of you that maybe don't have time to go out and get it, littlebrownjug.ca, order online, get it delivered straight to your home just in time to have some friends over outside on the weekend everyone excited about what's to come here in manitoba especially our friends at little brown jug and speaking of little brown jug and breezy bend we have a really cool promotion a contest we're going to do one next week we're going to do another one before the august long weekend for an amazing round out of breezy bend with carts passes a little brown jug prize pack Maybe I'll even get, uh, well, maybe even some refreshments as well. We'll see if we can work that in. Anyway, stay tuned. Next week, we'll probably run it through our social media pro, uh, platforms, probably Instagram, and probably Wednesday, the day before Canada Day. Fire it up. We'll finish the show with another big marble race on the program and uh, give away a great package from Breezy Bend and Little Brown Jug. And big shout out to Breezy. I know the course is absolutely mint right now. So whoever wins that contest will be playing one of the best courses in the province and hopefully have time to have a couple Little Brown Jugs on the beautiful patio, the 19th hole at Breezy as well. If you're thinking about a great home for your family's golfing activities for next season. Get on that waiting list at breezybend.ca or give him a call. Talk to Corey Johnson. He can fill you in. Big thanks to Breezy on the uh, on the program. All right, let me bring Remus in here. We're going to get to Paul Burns in just a minute from the Canadian Gaming Association. Uh, but Reem, now that we've uh, had bombing, we've talked some CFL, do want to get back to hockey for a minute uh, because in all the excitement about the Habs' big win over Vegas last night, huge questions about Vegas. Do they go back to Laner for game number six? But we've got the New York Islanders facing elimination tonight. And we'll get to the cool bet lines a little bit later on. Going to be fascinating to see how this team bounces back after getting humiliated 8-0 in game number five. They're back at home. They're back in front of their home fans. It should be an absolute madhouse at the Coliseum tonight for game number six. And I'll tell you what, more so than maybe any other team in the NHL, I am confident that Barry Trotz's team will be able to completely ignore what happened in game number five and go out. They might not necessarily win, but they'll be that Islanders team that we've seen get to this point, not the one that got humiliated in game five. Yeah, Huss, I think the fact that uh, they didn't even show up and got blown out, I think that's easier. Uh, you said that the other day. It's easier to get past that than how Vegas has been trending. So maybe. Islanders can get back to the way they've been playing all year and, you know, put some, uh, you know, they've won two already against Tampa. Hopefully they can force a game seven because a game seven to get into the Stanley Cup final is awesome. I hope we see one of those. Uh, Vegas, I think they're in a real tough spot. They haven't played well. They're flip-flopping the goalies. Not that it's been the goalies' fault, but you know, maybe that does mess with uh, with your mindset. I, I don't know how. Maybe Maybe it does. 
But we'll see who their starting goalie is. You know, they're with Lanner last time in Montreal. Did they go with him again? But, uh, I mean, Vegas, for them to uh, lose again in the playoffs where they've been he- heavily favored. And for Montreal to go to the cup final when we were saying the whole series versus the Jets. You know, whoever wins this is just going to get swept by Vegas anyways. That narrative, the narrative that the North Division was so much worse than all the other divisions is taking a bit of a beating right now. Let's face it. Now, I mean, if you'd watch the first two series, um, I think you could certainly make a case that, you know, it looked very different than what we saw in the other divisions. Um, But again, so much credit to Montreal and what they're able to do, how they've been able to do it, and the fact that they seem to be getting better. You have to be concerned, though, from a Vegas perspective of just how bad the team looked last night. I mean, that was not um, that's a, that's a team that I think everyone expected more. And probably the most angry guy right now is Bill Foley, because we know the pressure that owner has put on this club to get the job done. They've been close before. It cost Jared Grant his job. And. You know, with all the investments they've made, there is significant pressure for Vegas to get this done. I don't think anyone expected them to be going to Montreal facing elimination for game number six. That being said, what are you thinking tonight from the New York Islanders? Can we get to game seven and get this thing back to Tampa? Islanders at home. We've seen how loud their building has been this year, the last year of the Coliseum. Uh, Tampa's. I'm going to say yes, they're at home. I'm going to say I'll go yes, the home dog. Yes, game seven. Let's let's see it. I think that would be my pick if I had to go with one. You know what? Speaking of wagering, we will get to our odds with Cool Bet a little bit later on. We'll uh, look and see what the line is in tonight's game. We will also see what the series lines are. Uh, we can tell you, France a big favorite. They're about to kick off against Portugal, Germany, and Hungary in the group of death in the Euro. So we'll keep an eye on that this afternoon. But the big news yesterday, as we mentioned, was... And we talked about it live. We saw the check marks, all the senators who actually showed up to vote, got it done. Um, private members bill passing single game wagering in Canada. It has been a long time coming. We've seen what's been happening in the States. It was long overdue to come to Canada because as you know, you heard coming up, there was a huge gray market that Canadians were already utilizing. So this is going to bring some of this money back, but there's interesting, you know, questions as to what this means, how it will be different from, province to province um, and how competitive the provinces are going to have to be if they maintain a monopoly with the rest of the competition in the market. So who better to talk about that with than Paul Burns, the president and CEO of the Canadian Gaming Association. Paul jumped on with us a little earlier before the program started to uh, talk about the flagship decision yesterday and what this means going forward, some timelines. And, you know, we started off, you know, first of all, finding out who was behind this push for the last 10 years from the Canadian Gaming Association to make this change happen. Here's Paul Burns. Paul We've had many conversations over the past decade, but it seems like we're finally at the finish line. Congratulations and uh, welcome back. Thank you and uh, happy to be back. And it's uh, it is a great uh, a great time. And uh, yesterday was a good day. Who from a from an industry site? Who were the the, uh, the 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 groups or whatnot that were pushing to this that wanted to see this happen? And was there any pushback from other areas of the industry? And. Uh, there was really no pushback anywhere in the industry, that's for sure. Everybody was pretty united in this front because from the provincial governments who obviously have oversight over gaming within the various provinces across the country, uh, our membership is made up of private sector operators and suppliers. So 
from the private casino companies that operate casinos in provinces in Alberta and BC and Ontario, Saskatchewan, or um, uh, Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, to uh, some of the major technology providers, slot machine manufacturers. We have law firms. We have sportsbook operators now and, and uh, payment providers in the online space. And so there's really, uh, it's a wide, diverse group. Uh, but everybody recognized really what was behind this is that Canada has, has, has got some really unique attributes as a gaming industry. And in that one, um, we are seen as world leaders when it comes to responsible gambling programs. We are seen as having a strong regulatory environment from coast to coast. And that's what everybody was behind this. It's like, we want a level playing field. We've seen, we've had to deal with this gray market in Canada where everybody's been able to access the offshore online sites. So they've been able to feed their need for the product, but no benefit here, no regulation, none of the, the, the oversight that, that the industry that's here and based in Canada has had to uh, adhere to um, and the economic benefits stayed here. And so everybody was united um, to be able to say, like, we need this for these reasons. And those reasons, really, it's trying to bring uh, the strength of the Canadian uh, regulated marketplace and our oversight and our controls to this and then re- realize the economic benefits yeah, and, and, uh, for and, Canadian no doubt. And I mean, you know, we've seen it. I mean, you know, I've seen the numbers that the, you guys have been put out from the CGA that uh, the amount of money that's gambled illegally, the money that's gambled in the gray area, and then the small percentage that was done legally through the Canadian options right now, which, to be honest, were a joke because they were completely punitive to the player, forcing you into parlays. And that really was the crux of single game wagering. Let's get to the most important thing, I think, for our listeners. What does this mean for the Canadian consumer, the player? What are the benefits from them? And, and Paul, I guess the second part of that is how will things be different for me as someone that likes to bet on the NFL as a Manitoban than someone that might be in, say, Ontario or British Columbia? Well, that's you are going to see differences um, in coast, from coast to coast because of the provincial oversight, and everybody's got a slightly different approach to gaming. Um, so I'll start with Ontario, which is going to be the most competitive um, marketplace that we um, we see. And that's really because they're going to, Ontario's moving to regulate online gaming. And so what they're trying to do is that we're going to deal with this gray market once and for all. We're going to create the regulatory environment. We're going to invite everybody in. It's an open licensing system. And one of the things we're going to see is that anybody who wants to come and be licensed can come and be licensed. And so it's going to create a very competitive marketplace. Um, you're going to see all of the big names in Sportsbook come to Ontario because of the structure they're doing. Obviously, it's the largest province in the country. It's the fifth largest market in North America. Uh, it's almost 15 million people. So it's a significant market. They're able to do that. That's going to be the key. Um, other provinces, it's going to be different. And that's that's the challenge going forward. And that's because there's a customer expectation, and then there's the game, provincial gaming business and framework and things that they're doing. Are they going to bring in the private? Let the private sector operators come in. Um, Alberta has indicated they put out a request for information. Alberta Gaming willing to look at retail sports books with a mobile option, and the retail sports would be located in casinos in that province because the casinos are private operated. Yes, they have a provincial platform. BC has playnow.com. 
that they've been doing. They've saying we like our platform. We're going to start with that. Whether they stay there, I don't know. Uh, Manitoba is the same. Uh, if you talk to Manitoba Liquor and Lotteries folks, they're looking at, obviously, they have a platform to roll it out quickly through the Play Now platform. But what does it mean for the retail books? And there's some other pieces to this, too, that I think that sports is a volume business. It's not, it's profitability as a, like sports, you mentioned the sports lottery products. Their margins are 30 to 40%. Uh, that's why customers didn't like it a whole lot. I was just about they, to weren't, say. <laughs> they weren't winning their bets. So a traditional sports book would run on five to seven percent. And so what you see it's very different. It's a volume business. There's not a lot of money that creates a lot of economic activity, a lot of volume. But and then there's the other economic benefits that flow from some of this where you've seen in other jurisdictions. And I know talking to the CFL. Um, they see an opportunity. These leagues sell they sell their data because sportsbooks run on on data and information. So they're able to license their data. They're able to create marketing partnerships um, from in stadium to other v- forms. Uh, they have their broadcasters who are going to uh, the TSN and Sportsnet folks in this country have been watching and actively lobbying on Ottawa on behalf for this as well. Have said. Yeah, we want in. We got to figure out how we're going to play in this, in what form, and how, in which way. They don't know yet. And I don't think they'll be sportsbook operators necessarily, but there are models in the world where they, sports broadcasters, have open sportsbooks. Fox Bet in the United States, Sky Bet in the UK. Um, so there's options for everybody, and all of this activity is sort of it puts pressure on saying well, you're going to create competition and robuster because the gray market is not going away in other any other place in Ontario at this point. So you either create the market within the regulated environment or you're going to face what's continue and let continue to happen what's been happening. And that's a great market wins. Yeah. And, and, and it, I was just going to say, that, I mean, that level of competition from like, and I just think about people like Manitobans here, if it's still entirely under the auspices of the government lottery and, you know, it's done through play now you would have to expect that, you know, with the competition in the market, you know, even in Ontario with the way things are going, that that product should increase in the volume of it. But the margins would assumedly not be what they were before, because as we said, it was about as fixed in the favor of the house as any betting product in North America. And, I, and I'm not exaggerating that. No, that's, you're, you're right. And that's where, uh, and customers, you know, they're going to go where their dollar goes further for them they're going to look for that better product and so if you can't offer in your jurisdiction you know the ability to to prevent people from we don't do ip blocking in this country we don't block all these sites we don't do any of that so uh you got to come up with a good offering or else your customers are going to be leaving and you're not going to get a lot of that increased activity you're not going to get that bet and the sports franchises in your jurisdiction aren't going to get the marketing dollars and the benefits and the other pieces and the economic activity that rolls around this um, as well. And so there are, it's, there's some hard choices to be made. They have to evaluate their, their own uh, choices because I think that's um, it's going to be a bit of a disruptor in the country uh, to my belief sports is coming in this fashion because um, it's clearly um it brings a um, a different customer segment to a degree because there's lots of people who are just bet on sports. They don't can even consider themselves gamblers for that reason. They're just huge sports fans that like to bet on the games they watch. 
Um, and they're going to, they look for that. They want the best opportunity to find that product. And then there's the amenity to a casino environment, um, which is a really important piece for the, 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 the casino sector because it does help drive attendance. I, I, New Jersey, um, when they brought in sports betting, uh, Atlantic City, in the first full summer they had sports betting, they had a 16% increase in gaming revenue. They had a 12% increase in attendance. And 80% of the bets were still being placed online. But that 20% drew a whole lot more business to their buildings. Well, the funniest thing and about that story that, is, is that, that you know, when it was legalized in New Jersey, I saw some numbers about just the traffic going over the bridge. And there was a strip mall at the foot of the bridge where guys would drive over and it was full the whole time. No one was getting out of their car, but they were just going there because that's what they had to do to get into New Jersey to place their bets. And, of course, uh, it's going to come to New York, and they'll take care of that. Um, you mentioned racing. Yeah. We've, uh, we're big horse racing guys here on this program, and the Cineboy Downs has been a big part of Winnipeg, and they've had unique challenges, as has the thoroughbred racing industry across Canada. Is there a connection between the racing and this decision yesterday and what could the benefit for tracks be like, will they be able to get in on the books or is that much like everything else dependent on how each provision, uh, each provincial authority handles it individually? It is up to each provincial authority and that's going to be, cause you're right. One of the measures that was put in the bill was to ensure that um, there was only paramutual wagering allowed on horse racing. So no fixed odds wagering. Um, there was fear of, because there's, about taking the horse racing signal and being people batting on it, but the, not contributing to the pool or the, back to the purses and horsemen. And that's, uh, so that was done and that's fair. And I think that's important. But again, when you're looking to drive people to your facility and they like to bet on horses, um, you got to be able to offer them that product. Um, and that's what I fully expect. And that's for jurisdictions to be able to look and say, where's the best place to make sure this product exists. Tracks are one of them for sure. Um, you know, my own opinion, um, and, and truly my own, is that the, the, the lot of re- retail environment at the convenience store kiosk is probably not the place for this product. Um, yeah, because uh, you people, you can give people so many more options through a mobile platform and a mobile device. And, and you understand when you do that, they can gamble anywhere, right? They can place their bets anywhere. But so. But creating that that strong app, that strong offer that way, um, but then creating those people want those experiences um, to gather for the big games, to watch the playoffs, to watch the Grey Cup, to watch the Super Bowl, the Kentucky Derby. Those are the events that sportsbooks also thrive on, and bringing people together and creating those moments, and and that's important. Uh, well, and that's you know the what track would want on a even if Kentucky Derby simulcast and, and uh, creating an event or doing something for um, the NHL playoffs, because the technology in sports is wagering, as you know, like live in-game wagering, uh, phenomenal product. Uh, I think anybody who on any platform who builds it gets hockey right and nails, it's going to do really well in this country. Um, <laughs> Cause that's, that's, it's a great game for that kind of in-game betting. And um, it's clearly that's popular. And so we got, you know, it's, they have a lot, the province have a lot to, to, to consider. It's not, I don't believe it's as straight ahead as to say, yeah, well, great. We'll offer it and that'll be fine. Um, 
it's we for too long we've let the the gray market in this country thrive. Um, you know, it's about a billion dollars nationally that profits are being earned out of Canada by the gray market, and uh, I think you know, a province would probably like to have a little bit of their share of that at some point if they can start to move, and that's why Ontario is taking because that rep- they represent about half of that, and that's why they're moving and saying, no, we're going to regulate this, we're going to we're going to you know ask these operators to come in and and enter a revenue share agreement with us um, on their products, and we'll. We'll create the, the regular marketplace everybody can play in and give our customers absolutely maximum choice. Paul Burns, the Canadian Gaming Association, is our guest. Paul, before we go, um, and this goes back to some other conversations we've had in years past, um, I have been of the belief, and I think I've seen it firsthand, especially with all the changes we've had here, that you know the, the engine of growth in the sports industry going forward is going to be from the gaming industry, it's going to be from fantasy sports, it's going to be from DFS, and we're already seeing that south of the border. I and mean, you mentioned with some of the books, I mean, the Minnesota Wild Games are now on the Bally's network. I mean, we're seeing a transition to, yes. to, to these sort of partnerships. Um, the CFL is very important here in Winnipeg, and I think throughout the country, we know the challenges that they've had. I mean, I think more than any league, um, they're a perfect example of a league that can benefit greatly from this. Um, just from your opinion, from dealing with the leagues, but especially let's focus on something like the CFL. How can what happened yesterday and the where the country is going with sports betting benefit, help, preserve, and grow the Canadian Football League? It's something that it can, and this is where I think the provincial um, governments need to sit down and listen to the teams. Uh, in the in the leagues, uh, obviously, it's been an important fabric in our country. It's a great part of our sporting history, and it's and it's a popular, popular product. Let's you know, people really enjoy the CFL, and you know, we they drive a lot of their revenue from in stadium selling tickets, stuff. And, but clearly, they they've recognized that, and some of their teams have done partnerships with the offshore sports books in the past, and three six five and Bodog have been on their fields. Uh, for fantasy sports and others, and but the ability to sell data to create those marketing partnerships is putting real dollars and a real new revenue stream into their hands at a time when they really need it. Having lost last season and all of the revenue that went with it, um, obviously, like the Bombers, which are a community-owned team, um, it's important because the the contributions to the community go from these organizations and. And I've talked to many of the, from, from Saskatchewan, from Alberta, the team uh, leadership and, and the league and the contributions beyond the field, beyond the game they make to the community is significant too. And all of that needs to give them the tools to be able to do that is really important. And, and it's, it's not, and other, like the NHL has, you know, the same as franchisees need to find out their own way to benefit from this. Uh, but I've talked to the Canadian Elite Basketball League. I've talked to the Canadian Premier League. Uh, they too, uh, they recognize that the ability to grow our game, putting us on different platforms, whether it's traditional broadcasts or streaming platforms, uh, partnerships with uh, data providers so that they can provide their official league data in a in a in a regulated and uh, comprehensive way that allows the regulators to accept their data to be able to have bets placed on their games. All that's really important for these leagues going forward. And that's, um, 
it's not to say it's a complete part of their game, but it's a revenue stream that can make a difference. Because they're all one of the things also they're very cognizant of is that it's still they want to be family entertainment, right? They're still it's not a, a you know it's people will bet on their games and that's an important part, but they also know that coming to our games is really important for families and communities to participate in, uh, and they're gonna they're taking very good and uh, steps to making sure that it. Sports betting has a place, but it doesn't dominate. And I think that's some of the things we'll see. Uh, and that's where we're encouraging provincial gaming regulators, too, to look at some of those things. Listen to the leagues. You know, we want things that are appropriately to bet on. You don't bet on player injuries. You don't bet on mis- anybody's misfortune or anything like that. Hmm. That you you create, you know, really responsive. And that's what the leagues want. Um, so their product. But it's a chance, finally, for them it's their intellectual property. It's their product, and it's finally a chance for them to actually earn money off of something that's been happening for decades uh, that they've never benefited from. And you know, that's not too many businesses allow that stuff to happen for very long. And this is one area where we've finally been able to fix it for them. Hey, you want people to care about a new product or a new game? Tell them to put twenty bucks on it, and that will uh, that changes things very quickly <laughs> for people and their interest level and things. And, and as I said, it will be part of the engine for growth of many of these leagues. But I really think the CFL in particular might be able to benefit the most considering their situation right now. Paul, before we go, um, I imagine this will probably depend on where you live in Canada, but how soon um, should sports bettors in Canada expect to see some significant changes? I think you'll start to see things in a matter of weeks. Really? Uh, through the online platforms. Um, I think the provincial gaming regulators have been, everybody's been working on the regulatory environment. And, and the regime that they want to put in place. Uh, and I think some of uh, the lottery corporations through their platforms will be able to move fairly quickly. Um, I think a, a retail casino-based sports book will take some time. Uh, I'm hoping for some by Labor Day. Um, obviously, beginning the fall sports season is really important. Um, I know a lot of the casino operators in the country are anxious to be able to to build their 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 events and other promotions around um, bringing people into the sports bar environment and their properties and, and getting people to watch the game and and, uh, and have the ability to place bets. And so it's um, it's uh, it's going to be a busy time for everybody now. It's uh, As I've said to a few people in the last 24 hours, it's, uh, okay, time to get to work. <laughs> um, you got lots to do uh, because the customers are waiting. And, uh, and that's what we want to see. I mean, that's... That's what this hopefully will bring a lot of customer choice and 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 that variety and competition too is 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 extremely helpful to make sure this market is um, delivers the benefits it should. Well, it's an exciting time, certainly for people that have already been playing. I think, uh, you know, for teams, entities, certainly everyone that has been supporting this bill, an exciting time and. Man, we're going to get out of this pandemic, get back into some full buildings and uh, be able to play single game wagers. What a world we live in. Uh, well, there is some progress <laughs> happening around today. Paul, congratulations on everything. Thanks so much for doing this. And, uh, you know, we'll catch up in a few months and maybe see how things are going from your perspective as we see these changes take place from coast to coast in Canada when it comes to single game wagering. Hey, listen, thanks for having me. It was great to chat and catch up again. And nice we can actually talk about having this, not about when it's coming, but now that it's here when we get to actually partake and that's uh, the good sign uh, great things ahead 
All right. That was great stuff with Paul Burns. We thank him for coming on today. And uh, it was really interesting. I mean, these are some of the things that I, I wanted to ask Paul, get his take on it. A few people have been more involved in, you know, the push to legalize single game sports betting. And uh, great to see Braden Fleming say, man, this chat with Paul answered so so many of my curious questions. Great interview. Thank you very much for that. By the way, folks, if you're with us right now on YouTube, do us a favor, hit that thumbs up button. The likes certainly help. And if you haven't already subscribed, hit that red subscribe button and join us on a daily basis here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. All right, we do have lots to get to um, still on the program. We've got to talk Celine Dion, Stop and Frisk Baseball, and... What will be a very interesting Jets poll from the Winnipeg Sun coming up. But before we do that, let's get to the cool bet lines of the day. And for those of you watching live, um, Hungary is up one nothing on Germany. They were an absolutely massive underdog in this game. Still a ton of time. They're just 16 minutes in. Uh, but kind of a shocking start to a game that I think many people thought would be heavily, heavily favored um, in the side of the Germans. Um, right now, 0-0 France and Portugal so far. But let's get to the National Hockey League tonight. Your lines for tonight's Game 6 between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Islanders, minus 143 for the Lightning, plus 127 for the New York Islanders. But if you want to look at the series price, if you think the Islanders can get it done back-to-back, erase the memories of game number five and win two in a row, plus 450 on the Islanders for the series price, Tampa minus 667 to win one of the next two games. And we do have a line right now for the Golden Knights and the Canadians in game number six. Vegas still a favorite, minus 149. Habs once again an underdog, plus 127. Let's just say that you've been making a lot of money this playoffs if you've been riding the Habs, as I'm sure Sam22 has been since he joined us in the chat at the beginning of the Jets-Habs series. So Knights minus 149, Habs plus 127, still waiting on an updated series line for that. Uh, And in the association, we've got game one of the Hawks-Bucks tonight. Bucks minus 8.5 point favorites at home on the money line, minus 333. If you think the Hawks can go in and steal a win in game number one of the series, that are plus 275 on the money line. Safer bet, take the points, plus eight and a half. And the Clippers right now, um, down 2 nothing after last night's game. Reem, uh, did you happen to see the end of the Suns-Clippers game last night? Because it was an incredible ending, but it was also one of the most tedious um periods I've seen of any professional sport with replay after replay after replay. The final two minutes of the game took 33 minutes to play. It was complete overkill, um, but it came down to it. DeAndre Ayton doing a tap-in on an inbound pass with 0.7 seconds left to keep the dream of Suns in four alive. Sorry. Yes, Huss. Uh, I did see the play. More importantly, I did see the reaction from like Stephen A. Smith after watching it. An incredible inbound pass to Aiton. Uh, what a story, Huss. First overall pick. He's only like he played col- college in Phoenix, high school in Phoenix, and now he's in the NBA in Phoenix. Uh, uh, that's awesome. So uh, Suns and Four is live. I should have pulled out my Suns jersey. I do have one, but it is not on. And I'm on Team Suns at Booker. Big fan and uh, Chris Paul, legend himself. We'll see what happens with Kawhi if the Clippers get him back. But I think the Clippers are like the most hated team. And uh, I can see that the 
the top shot market would agree that as the prices <laughs> for the Kawhi NFTs not very high compared to some of the other league superstars. Hey, speaking of top shot, uh, what's the uh, what's the market for Ben Simmons top shots these days yeah. after his performance in the playoffs? Tanked, tanked he brought he tanked uh, and brought a lot of other cards down with him. So uh, I don't want to get into the intricacies of top shot here, but. Uh, a lot of people are not happy with Ben Simmons and his performance in Game 7. Yeah, well, listen, I saw some social media posts of just angry fans screaming at about Ben Simmons in the streets after the game. So I, I, I would not expect... Uh, yeah, Mitch, I couldn't believe... Well, you couldn't believe Paul George missed both three throws? I could. Playoff P was... Uh, well, I don't, playoff P wasn't in effect late in the fourth quarter last night. Um, my big takeaway, though, was, I mean, they got to figure out something better with the replays because that was absolutely painful to watch. I mean, we all stuck with it. And I guess maybe it's good for advertisers when you have all these ads running during three and four minute breaks to see who touched a ball last when and going out of bounds. But um, it was a bit of a struggle. That being said, Suns and Four is still alive. I told you yesterday I was jumping on Suns and Four for the series, mm-hmm. so I did. We need two more against the Clippers. We will see what happens. I'll post the lines on the Winnipeg Sports Talk Twitter feed, uh, along with a link to CoolBet.com. Use promo code WST for a hundred percent bonus up to two hundred bucks on your first deposit if you want to play with us. All right, Remo. Before we get to these stories on our way out, let's get to. Uh, Let's get to our picks tonight. You were the big winner last night. I did double up. I did win, but not enough. Um, Took a bit of a hit overall. But as I said, because of my vaccine hangover, I forgot to make the picks on Monday. So I put them into yesterday. And, um, well, I was in on every race. Won a bit. Not enough. But you did have a big win yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. You were sort of touching on that earlier. Your, your stock continues to rise as a novice handicapper in the world of live racing. Yeah, I'm way ahead of you as far as our HPI bet bankrolls. Um, what happened? Yeah, so I gave my picks. So if you followed my picks, um, they were would have been all wrong. But I was watching the race live and a horse that I had bet on in an exacta. I needed this horse to finish second. Horse seven in race whatever it was. Five, I think. Anyways, he wouldn't get into the gate, and I was watching this, and I was like, oh, this is the guy that I bet on. Like, do I cancel? If you're watching a race, and you have money on a horse, and that horse doesn't want to get in the gate and go, like, can you just, not be, a good you know sign. What? Can you just, like, drop out of it? You know what? I don't want, I'm not, don't want anything to do with this horse. I'm not betting on him. Uh, I, was I willing- don't know if you can do that on live. I mean, you certainly can't yeah. if you're in, I mean, if you're at the track, I mean, you go, you pay, pay your toonie and you have your I, ticket and you watch angrily as the horse doesn't sorry, behave. I, I mean, you can do it online. You can cancel your bet at any time. But I'm just saying for the purposes of our game, like, could I have, I said, you know what? I said on the show, I'm going to bet on this horse. So I will let it, let it ride. Anyways, that horse got scratched and I switched my bet uh, right before the race started, which is amazing about <laughs> doing it online on HPI bet. And I did end up winning a $10 exacta for like 40 bucks. So that was my big win yesterday. Uh, nicely you done. Hear? Nicely done. So I'm doing very well. Uh, so if you want winners, but this is not, I don't know what I'm doing. So I haven't <laughs> Take that win. for what it's worth. Take it for but what he has been winning. He's this doing very well. This isn't investment advice at all. This isn't gambling advice. This is whatever. Uh, race one. Oh my God. Everyone got, this is not the right, this is not the right track. Sorry. You're on Ajax Downs. Yeah, that's yeah, Ajax I've done that Downs. Before. You got to go, you got to go. I asked if the guys on the chat, like, can I make it so Assiniboy Downs is my default track no matter what? And apparently you can't do that. So I have it under my favorites. Anyways, race one, 
I'm rocking a Coinella, $10 Coinella, horse one, horse five, crowned, royal, guaranteed delivery. They have to finish one, two in any order. Uh, crowned, royal, guaranteed delivery. So hopefully I can guarantee a delivery of some winnings there. Hey, oh, and <laughs> horse six, race six. Uh, I'm doing another Quinella, another one, five Quinella. Mm, I got half in the wrapper and Stevie Mac uh, to go one, two in any order. So Nicely two, done. Two so ten dollar Quinellas. Two ten dollar Quinellas. Okay, I'm splitting them up. I'm putting bets on the first five races. I'm going four dollars on a one three Quinella. So we both like Crown Royal. I'm going with Wire Me the Money as part of mine. Uh, then to horse race number two, I'm just gonna go with a three dollar win bet on Funky Justice, the seven horse. Uh, on to race number three, we're gonna go with a three four Quinella Shooting Money and Tap Master. I will do my nightly triactor box in race number four. We're going to take horse number one, praise loudly. I'm number three, spiked cider. And number eight, say when. That's a $6 bet. And then the final $3 Quinella race number five. We're uh, taking a bit of a long shot here. We're going to go with horse number two, young boy. And number eight, soul obsession. So uh, there's my 20. Hopefully we'll have some better results after uh, than I did in the in the last few races, and I can make up a bit of ground in our season-long duel at the Downs. All right, Remo, we do have to talk about a few things coming out of last night's action. Um, let's get to this Celine Dion. Celine Dion, uh, I can't say that I'm surprised about this. We talked about how psycho the Montreal media was, and we saw that loud and clear in the aftermath of the Shifley um, incident. So it's not surprising that the media in Montreal completely lost it when they saw the Vegas Knights throw Celine Dion up on the screen last night. The famed Quebec queen of the entertainment industry now living in Vegas, pumping up the Vegas Golden Knights. And again, I'm not sure whether that was planned. They just grabbed that from something she'd done for them before. But needless to say, it absolutely triggered many Canadians fans, but not as much as it triggered the Montreal Gazette, who called her a traitor. Remus, Celine Dion, a traitor, poses in Vegas Golden Knights attire. Anywhere else I'd be shocked, not shocked at all, considering what we saw from Montreal media over the course of this playoffs. Yeah, I'm not shocked from what I've seen from Montreal. They take things um, to the next level, and we saw that uh, with the Shifley incident. So seeing Celine Dion, uh, I mean, number one response here from celebrity fan, top hab celebrity fan Jay Bearshell, what the fuck is this? (laughs) Like, that's that's the number one response. From uh, the from the top celebrity Habs fan, so people people were wondering. Um, yeah, it was <laughs> you know it was determined that this was just a promotional picture from her album or something, and they photoshopped Vegas <laughs> Vegas helmet on her and a jersey. Although I mean, there is a picture of her here wearing a jersey as a dress, very chic look. Um, so she I mean, still she, pulls it off. She still pulls it off, Celine. No, yeah. still she still got it. Yeah, so. And explain this in English. So yeah. the reaction very hostile <laughs> towards Celine Dion. Uh, I mean, the fact pre- that it's a Photoshop and that the Montreal Gazette would completely overreact, overreact and call her a traitor. That's the sort of uh, that's the sort of big J journalism we've come to expect so far when anything has to do with the Montreal Canadiens. I'm yeah. sure Celine's secretly pulling for the Habs, even though she was. I mean, she rejected. Looked- 
on the Jumbotron last night to get all the Vegas Golden Knights fans riled up. Well, she's they got been, the, the house fans riled up, that's for sure. She's been living in Vegas, like, for years. Like, so it's reasonable that she would be cheering for Vegas. Although, I don't know. Like, does she, does she really care? Does Celine, I, I don't know, maybe. Maybe she's a Habs fan, but either way, the, the Montreal Gazette taking this, like, to the extreme <laughs> here by calling her a traitor. Celine Dion, comma, a traitor, comma, poses in <laughs> Vegas Golden Knights attire. Just perfect. Just perfect. Great um, comma usage. All right. Um, we're going to finish off with some Jets talk with this upcoming Sun poll that will be very interesting to see the results on. But let's quickly get to baseball last night. Um, Wander Franco, we mentioned yesterday, the number one prospect in baseball was going to make his Major League Baseball debut last night for the Tampa Bay Rays. All the hype, and man, did he deliver a game-tying home run in his first game in the major leagues. Remo, I think if people haven't heard the name Wander Franco yet, they'll be hearing a lot more of him going forward if they follow the majors. Yeah, he's a top prospect, um, so he got called up, hit a home run, and you know we'll see how it goes from there. The Rays, uh, I guess they need that extra offense help in, in the AL East. Uh, he, you asked me yesterday, he was grabbed in all my fantasy leagues by a bunch of keeners. So uh, go check if he's available in yours. That's our uh, our fantasy advice there. Yeah, so listen, Wander Franco was a great story last night, but the story in baseball was the introduction, Remo, of stop and frisk baseball, where pitchers are getting patted down by umpires, managers are asking pitchers to be checked, and it sort of boiled over in the Nats-Phillies game yesterday as Max Scherzer, uh, it was Joe Girardi, requested Max Scherzer for another check. He stared down Girardi all the way to the dugout. Girardi didn't like that. Max sort of made fun of it and held up his hand like, oh, search me again. And Girardi ended up getting kicked out of the game. But um, it was just weird to see. I saw two pitchers take their pants off yesterday on the field, showing that they were innocent of any nefarious behavior. Um, this is as the potential to get somewhat ridiculous considering the way that these changes were implemented midseason for Major League Baseball. Yeah, and we saw Tyler Glasnow said that because you know he wasn't able to get a, the grip that he's used to on a ball, he ended up getting injured. And Max Scherzer, who's been a, a top pitcher in the league for a long time, getting called on by three times by Joe Girardi. It's insane. Um, you know, he's throwing his hands up, putting his hat up, being like, hey, Hey, his glove. And then Sergio Romo started, like, he got called on. He was, like, unbuckling his belt, ready to take off his pants. I mean, it's pretty clear you can see if a guy is using stuff. Um, It's called spin rate. You can see when a guy's spin rate is up above normal, uh, you know, abnormal levels or into abnormal levels that they're probably using something to get a, a better grip or maybe do some funny stuff. When the spin rate is down, which it was from Scherzer, you know that they're not doing anything. So... I don't think we need this game where the managers call on the players. You can see with, uh, you know, data and science about spin rates. So uh, this should be gone. It's the stupidest. Stop delaying the game. Like, it doesn't matter. This is is Major League Baseball's fault for not enforcing this stuff anyways. I don't blame the pitchers one bit. They're doing what they can to get ahead. Uh, So we'll see what happens. I don't expect this to continue because it was a complete joke on social media last night. All right. Speaking of complete jokes, um, some of the questions in the Sun Jets poll um, seem to be a complete joke. And the reaction and the results to these are going to probably do exactly what they were intended on doing. 
pouring gas on the fire of Jets discussion yeah. when it comes to the coaching staff, the management to the club and whatnot. So it's out right now. I guess it was put out yesterday. Remus has retweeted it. It's you be the boss. Take our annual season ending survey from the Winnipeg Sun. And listen, I love Ted Billick and the guys, but the Sun in the past has been, shall we say, somewhat sensationalist. And I would say that there's a tinge of that when it comes to the Jets be the boss survey. Let's start off with the first question. What would you do with Jets general manager Kevin Sheveldale? Here are your, here are your two options and only two. Give him a raise, fire him. <laughs> Let's move on to Coach Paul Maurice. What would you do with head coach Paul Maurice? Give him a raise or fire him? <laughs> Let's go with Charlie Huddy. Are we giving him a raise or firing him? Uh, essentially, Dave Lowry, Jamie Compton, Wade Flaherty, all the coaches simply have two possible answers. Are they getting a raise or are they getting fired? I would imagine that, you know, certainly there'll be some people that want everybody fired, but let's say that's 25%. I'm pretty sure the other 75% aren't ready to dole out raises for the entire coaching staff, and it's going to be forced into one or two, and you know where most people online voting are going to go, Remus. I'm not looking forward to, listen, I guess if I was a member of the coaching staff, not that I would care, but the results of this are not going to be looking good. And it's going to make it look as if, you know, the huge majority of Winnipeg Jet fans all want everybody fired and cleaning house. So I'm not really sure that that is in fact true. I saw this poll and I had a really good laugh. First of all, I love <laughs> polls. The NHLPA had their like player poll and you get some great content on them you, and you can take a temperature of a fan base. I think that's awesome. But when I saw the, the answer was like very... Uh, black and white, give him a raise or fire him. I laughed. And I was like, well, I don't think they deserve a raise. I don't think they should be fired. It's like, which one do you, do you pick? So uh, we'll see. I mean, other questions were kind of, um, you know, interesting. I mean, should they try to resign, you know, Paul Stasny? What do you think of the Dubois trade? Um, you know, what do you think of Forbort, DeMello? They went through some of the offseason moves, good move, bad move. So, uh, I some of the questions I'm looking forward to seeing yeah. the answers. Once we get through the raise or fire every member of the coaching staff, we get mm -hmm. to some of the more reasonable questions and I, you know and some good stuff. I mean, which Jet prospect are you most excited about? What route should the team go for the expansion draft? Uh, if the Jets protect only three defensemen, who should it be? We've talked about that quite a bit. Um, you know, obviously the teams that the player the who should be protected. Uh, you know, some of the the free agents who should be brought back. So. It's all be good. It just starts so ridiculously by basically asking fans to fire every member of the coaching yeah. staff with only the other option of giving them all raises. Um, so listen, we are going to get what we're going to get. But beyond that, which is sort of funny, I will admit, um, there is some interesting stuff. And a lot of the things that we talk about and have been talking about almost every day on this program, uh, ever since the Jets got bounced from the Stanley Cup playoffs, and certainly will be more topics going forward, Reem. Yeah, and uh, there is going to be a lot of uh, Jets off-season talk. And if you're here and you've missed it, I have put together a playlist. It's just on um, the front page of our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash Winnipeg Sports Talk. You can scroll down. There's conversations with Marat, conversations with Ken Weeb, Jim Toth, Brandon. 
And um, I think we're having, what, Rennie on tomorrow of Kenny and Rennie. Will he be wearing a headband? We'll wait and see. Uh, he but, won't be. I think he'll be in Montreal yeah. getting ready for game six. Oh. He's been sequestered and he's been staying in Montreal. I guess Sean McKenzie's handling the, the Vancouver, or the Vancouver, the Vegas, Vegas side of things okay, for, uh, for Sportsnet. So, uh, so yeah, Rennie will be on tomorrow. Uh, we'll have more. We'll talk a little bit more about the Jets. We'll certainly get into this series. Find out what those guys no. are doing and when Kenny and Rennie. I think, by the way, if you missed it, they have been going on post-game after these games between the Knights and the Le Canadien. They'll be doing it again tomorrow. Although what will be interesting, and we remember what it was like when Montreal eliminated Winnipeg. And Sean, I guess I went on with those guys afterwards on their program. And mm -hmm. Sean had just walked through the streets of Montreal and it looked crazy. Dude, I think either way, I mean, with it being St. Jean-Baptiste Day, if the Habs win, it will be absolute pandemonium in the streets of Montreal. And, you know, if they lose, I don't think they probably get to riot stages or anything like that because, of course, they're still in the series and they're going back for game number seven. Uh, but I will tell you, it will be absolutely bananas in Montreal. And I know Sean will be talking about it. We'll, we'll get to that tomorrow with him, seeing what he thinks, uh, thinks we're going to see. Uh, of course, tonight... We've got game six, Tampa and the New York Islanders. We've got game one between the Hawks and the Bucks. Got a whole bunch of baseball. We've got live racing. Uh, but to me, Remo, it's been an awesome show, and it seems people are in a pretty good mood right now um, because, of course, as we talked about right off the top of the program, it looks like we're getting closer to reopening. Got a green light for a number of loosened restrictions on Saturday. And certainly from the sports fan it, for the sports fan and for the sports entities, it does seem like they will be able to have uh, maybe more people than we expected in attendance as long as they've had their second shot and have the vaccine card. So overall, pretty exciting day considering what we've been through around here, uh, well, for months and months, but especially the last, what, five or six weeks since we went into this last lockdown yeah. as spring began. Here, I'm a big fan of uh, Chris D, uh, you know, website chrisd.ca, local reporter. And uh, I did enjoy this gif he just put out. Uh, here it is. And this is him at 1110 getting, hosing, <laughs> hosing down that patio furniture, uh, you know, in, in anticipation of having some outdoor gatherings. So I think I'm going to be doing that too. I'm very excited. I got all my text groups saying, all right, let's, let's do it. We're having a gathering. And uh, we're excited for the idea of getting back to what? What was the term used? Large scale sporting events which i've <laughs> yes. like never heard i've never heard anyone refer to going to a, a game you know a football game or a baseball game as a large-scale sporting event but well, sure, you've never been an epidemiologist or a no. doctor working on public health orders so no. i mean we just talk about going to the game but uh, the games will be happening the, the one thing we didn't touch on and you know we'll find out about whether this will significantly change what we might be able to do as far as the soccer goes. I mean, honestly, I am so geeked to just get to an event. I mean, I, I don't care if Valor's not playing. I mean, honestly, if you told me I could go watch the Halifax Wanderers and Vic, you know, whatever, Cavalry FC or Victoria or whatever, I'd go. I mean, just to be out there and, you know, have a few and enjoy the game. So, um, you know, who knows? I mean, with the CPL here, uh, you know, maybe in a week or two, we might actually be able to go see some of the soccer games on a limited basis. But bottom line is, get your shots. You'll be able to go to the games. And we are up for what should be a 4-3-2, one great summer in Manitoba after all. And it's all going to get going on Saturday. Um, check Scott Billick or any of the local reporters for all the latest on the news. But 
The bottom line is that um, if you've got your vaccine, if you've had the two weeks and you've got the card, you should be able to attend. And mm-hmm. you know, that could mean maybe even more people in the stands than expected when we do get going. A um, quick update for you just on the way out. If you're listening on the podcast, you can get updates on it. But pretty wild starts to these group of death games. Hungary is up one nothing on Germany, 39 minutes in. I know Mitch not happy about that. Germany's on a lot of parlays. And Portugal is up one nothing on France. Portugal does need this win. France hoping to lock down the group. They were a big favorite coming in. Portugal won a scored on a penalty. So one nothing for both underdogs right now in these games. We'll see what happens in the afternoon. All right. Thanks so much to everyone. Big thanks to all of our sponsors. Boston Pizza, Aikens Lake, Assiniboia Downs, CoolBet.com, Not Autocorp, Little Brown Jug, Breezy Bend, Royal Sports, Nick and Nicky DQ, and PolicyMe.com. And by the way, I am going to be hooking up with our friends at Boston Pizza a little later on. Maybe get some pizza flights. Probably not the game day meal for myself, but we will be working on a little get-together. Find out what the reasonable time frame is that, whether we're going to do something outside or inside, but both there and hopefully to Cinnaboya Downs at some point, which will be a limited quantity. We'll be getting the Winnipeg Sports Talk crew together, so we look forward to meeting you with you and having one with you in person as we get closer to reopening. All right, thanks to all the sponsors. Thanks to everyone that's been with us today live on YouTube. Thanks to Michael Remus. Remo, good luck with your shot this afternoon. Looking Thank forward you. to seeing how you're feeling tomorrow. And uh, we'll get back at it. Sean Reynolds and much more. Jeff Hamilton coming up on Friday. The beat keeps rolling on Winnipeg Sports Talk, getting ready for reopening, getting ready to get back to games. Have a great night, everyone. We'll talk to you on Thursday here on WST. Oh, my God. Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com. 